We're back for an awesome college football DFS show once again here. Welcome back, everybody. Hope you have enjoyed the beginning of the college football season and uh, hopefully had some profits, even though it's been uh, quite the roller coaster to start college football this year. Uh, we saw, man, it was uh, it was a dark Saturday with upsets all over the place. We had... Uh, I mean, Texas A&M, Notre Dame, uh, Baylor went down. We just had – it was a bloodbath out there. So hopefully you guys were able to weather the storm, still win a little bit of money. I think uh, – you know, I, I believe I kind of broke even last weekend, which was a win in my book. Uh, some games just definitely didn't go the way I expected. Um, the Illinois game for one, I thought Virginia would have a little bit more fight in them and – that offense was putrid. Uh, Virginia could not block their front seven whatsoever, uh, and Brennan Armstrong just looked terrible. Uh, that was a that was a killer for me. The Alabama game, man, it's not what I expected. Uh, I expected it to be close, but I expected a lot more points to come from that game. Uh, obviously, I was wrong, uh, as were a lot of people. Um, but yeah, it, it was a fun weekend. Hopefully, again, you guys uh, survived it. Your bankroll survived and. We are on to week three here. So I'm going to be breaking down the DraftKings early slate, uh, the main slate here for college football on Saturday. Let's jump to it. Uh, as always, I'm not going to go ahead and break down every single game. There are some games that I'm just crossing off uh, completely from a DFS standpoint. Cal and Notre Dame being one of those. Uh, so if that's a game that you have to play uh, or want to play, it's probably the wrong show for you. Uh, I'm going to go through. A little bit different of a format here. I'm going to go through some of the games and kind of why I like them um, and just kind of touch on them. Very high level stuff, you know, a sentence or two on each. And then I'm going to go through, as always, top stacks and uh, running backs and receivers that are one off. So um, let me know, too, in the comments, please drop some feedback. I'd love to know what you guys think uh, and what you prefer. If you prefer more of just get to the picks, get to the, uh, the positions and the guys that I like. Or if you want a little bit more in-depth analysis per game, uh, I'm happy to do that as well. Something I was toying around with this week. So definitely drop me some feedback if you prefer me hit a little bit more in-depth on why I like certain games, why I like certain teams. Um, I can definitely get into that here. So I'll give you a taste of it. Let me know what you think. Uh, but let's rock and roll. So game number one uh, that I like quite a bit here this week is Purdue at Syracuse. Purdue is a one-point favorite. 58 over under. Like I said, it's one of my favorite games on the slate. Uh, and the reasoning is Syracuse has been super dynamic. They have a very concentrated offense with Garrett Schrader and Sean Tucker. Uh, and Purdue, kind of the same thing. Aiden O'Connell has been solid. He's got a 60% completion rating on the season. Five touchdowns, no picks. And the receiving core is pretty much led by Charlie Jones uh, as the clear number one. You can mix in some other guys, Tyrone Tracy, TJ Sheffield, if you want but it's really not needed. There's like four guys in this game with a really high over, over under that I like. So Purdue Syracuse is somebody uh, a game that's on my list this week for sure. Moving down a little bit, rest in peace, Scott Frost, Oklahoma goes to Nebraska. It is a 66 over under, which is interesting. Oklahoma's an 11 point favorite. Also interesting. I thought it'd be a little bit higher. Um, I mean, the Sooners should take it to them here. Nebraska is completely in shambles. Um, but sometimes when there's a coaching change, it can provide kind of a charge uh, into that team and kind of a charge of energy. So 
you know, I personally think the season is dead for the Huskers. Um, I think it's a very weird game. I don't really know what to expect, to be totally honest. Oklahoma did not look amazing in the first half last week. They ended up, you know, taking it to them in the second and covering and doing all that. But I'll be honest, I don't have a very good feel here. Um, Nebraska could show up and completely roll over, or they could show up and show out. So not really sure. Um, I also am a little bit concerned because Oklahoma's stack is very expensive here. So for a game that I just don't have a great feel on, it's not something I'm going to be prioritizing this week, but I will have shares obviously of Oklahoma. Their offense is too good to ignore. Moving on down, Old Miss is a 16 point favorite over Georgia Tech with the 63 over under. Old Miss has a team projection of 41 on Saturday. It's the highest on the slate, I believe. Um, so yes, I have a lot of interest in Old Miss. But we'll get to it a little bit. They're just challenging because they're rotating quarterbacks. And so it's hard to really just lock in a full stack of either of these guys, Altmeyer or uh, Jackson Dart. But every other piece is in play for Ole Miss, in my opinion. Uh, going down to the next one, I have some interest in kind of in my green zone here, Western Kentucky at Indiana. Projected score is 34-27. So obviously a lot of scoring on both sides here. Uh, you got to get your eyes on this game. The next one that I have some interest in, I think this game is going to be closer than people think. Uh, so I'm not necessarily calling an upset, but keep your eyes on South Alabama coming going to UCLA. They just South Alabama just took it to Central Michigan, um, which caught my eye. Central Michigan is not a bad team or a bad program. They get a good UCLA team, but they are kind of banged up. Uh, a few of their main pieces are questionable. I'm sure they'll play, but it's also not a very hostile environment. So South Alabama gets to go – I mean, I, I saw a screenshot of the UCLA game last week, and there was like 7,000 people there, it looked like. So I don't think South Alabama is going to be really intimidated by these guys, and they can score and put up points. So if this turns into a little bit of a track meet, watch out. Um, some games that I have kind of listed as orange, so not quite my favorites as of right now, but I want to see as the week progresses how these turn out. BYU goes to Oregon. Uh, it's a 57 over under. Both of these teams are pretty good. Uh, I know everyone is is shitting on Oregon for getting smoked by Georgia. Here's a newsflash. Georgia is going to smack uh, about 98% of the teams in the country every game this year. So don't read too much into that. Uh, I think Oregon can still score. They can still put up points, especially against an opponent that's a little bit more evenly matched. I'm approaching this one in kind of a unique way. Um, I want to see if Gunnar Romney and Puka Nakua is going to play. If they do, I'm or even one of them, I'm really interested in this game. Uh, I think BYU last week really throttled back and just played in a phone booth, and they were able to beat Baylor. Apparently, Baylor is immune to throwing the football, so that helped them. But I think both these teams are pretty good. But BYU is a team that always, in my opinion, tends to play like to what their opponent is going to give them. So if Oregon can come out and get things going and rocking and rolling on offense, BYU will match them. Uh, they can play with just about anybody, I think. Um, but I want to see that those receivers are healthy because if not, I do think Oregon has a pretty good advantage here at home. Um, Kansas at Houston, man, I can't get Houston right. I I've played them twice now. They've been fine, but they haven't been DFS winning fine uh, or, or good, I should say. Um, but I have a little bit of interest in this game simply from the Kansas standpoint because if they are going to be trailing, Houston's a 10-point favorite here with a 58 over under. I like the game script for Kansas, and they're showing that they're not a complete turd 
on Saturdays like they've been the last decade. I don't think they're going to win this game, but Kansas can at least put up points and fight back a little bit. So if they go down early, I, I love the game flow for Kansas here. Uh, their quarterback, which we'll get into, uh, their running back solid. Receiving pieces are a little bit iffy, but you don't need to go full game stack here for Kansas. Um, so I think that there's some interest there in that game. Then you've got Vandy at Northern Illinois, 58 over under. Penn State at Auburn, I'll probably pick off a few pieces, a little bit of interest, but not much. The rest of it is, in my opinion, kind of trash. Georgia is, is probably going to blow out South Carolina. I have no interest in any of the Gamecocks this Saturday. Uh, Cincinnati at Miami, Ohio. Cincinnati just doesn't really excite me. Um, I, I think they're going to win and, and bottle them up, and it's going to be kind of a boring game. Minnesota should absolutely destroy Colorado, who is atrocious. Um if this were Premier League or something, Colorado would be on the hot list to being dropped uh, from college football. They're that bad right now. So Minnesota should throttle them. If you want to go onto that side of the ball, great. But to 46 over under. And then Cal at Notre Dame, now backup quarterback, who, like a lot of people said, is not very good at all. I don't know, man. I, I'm just going to cross that game off. If any, if someone beats me, someone beats me from that game. But whatever. Um Moving into kind of my main plays, or at least the games and stacks that I'm looking at earlier here uh, with a few days to go before lock. Purdue and Syracuse. I mentioned at the top, um, Aiden O'Connell, 7,500, and Charlie Jones at 8,000 is one of my favorite stacks on the weekend. Syracuse, you can bring it back or go with a separate stack altogether, but Garrett Schrader at 6,400 is way too cheap for that guy. And Sean Tucker at 8,900. When you look at those two, the, uh, the average prices for those guys, I, I mean, all four of those are very easily attainable in this weekend's slate of plays. Um, and you can get some top running backs to go with those guys. So I love those two teams just from the upside, the price point, everything seems to line up. And I think that game has some firework potential here. Um, moving on down, Western Kentucky, Austin Reed, 7,800, starting to get up there in price. But you got Malachi Corley, Daywood Davis, I like a lot this week at 5,200. Um, that's another stack I have some major interest in. Um, I'm not going to be stacking necessarily Indiana uh, as a team just because I don't think their quarterback's as good. But I do like some pieces and bring back pieces from the Indiana side, which I'll touch on down below. But Western Kentucky, because they got the better quarterback in this game, that's the side I'm going to lean to. Moving down, uh, UCLA I have here is number four. You got DTR again, questionable 8,300, and Casimir Allen is his best receiver, or at least his favorite target, we should say. The rest of it is really hard to predict. Chip Kelly offense, you're going to see nine different receivers get targets. All of them could have two catches each for 24 yards, and that's a wrap. So Allen seems to be the most consistent and DTR's favorite target here. Um, I also don't mind with UCLA, especially if you want to go quarterback, running back, receiver stack. Um, but the UCLA, obviously, if they're on the slate, you got to have some interest in them. DTR is just too good, especially at home. Um, and then we're going to touch on this game that, again, I have them as stacks number five and six kind of here. Um, but again, I want to see if these receivers are going to play. I have BYU. Jaron Hall at 6,700 is uh, a good price for him. Gunnar Romney, 6,000. Nakua, 4,400. And then Chase Roberts, who seems to be the guy who's number three on that depth chart. And he took over the number one role last week uh, with a ton of targets, ton of catches. He's only 3,200 for BYU. So I have a lot of interest there. 
Um, if those guys miss, Chase Roberts becomes almost a lock-in must-play uh, on Saturday. But let's see how uh, the injury report comes out. Probably won't find out till Saturday, but uh, that's definitely a lineup I'm going to have with some options to kind of pivot off if need be. Um, so BYU, that's kind of where I'm going with those guys. And then you can bring it back with Oregon. Bo Nix is only 5,500. Troy Franklin, 4,900. And Terrence Ferguson is two favorite receivers. Uh, Ferguson is 3,500. Again, man, this is a pretty good offense here. Um, I know they like to spread the ball around, but if this game's competitive, they're going to rely on their horses. Um, and those guys are just way too cheap uh, for the upside. So that's kind of my top six as of right now. Um Old Miss, I touched on it before. It's hard to stack up and guess on a quarterback. I think both guys are going to see action as they have already at the start of the year. Um, I don't think Georgia Tech is very good, but if I get word that either of the two quarterbacks is going to start and be the guy, I will absolutely play them um, as a stack. So that's a little caveat, a little asterisk there on that team. But they've got pieces all over. Um, you guys know very well one of my favorite running backs in the country, Zach Evans, is way, way too cheap this week, which we'll touch on. Um, and then they've got some receivers as well um, that we'll touch on. So that's why Ole Miss is not ranked as one of my top stacks this week. I mean, it technically is a stack, but I consider a stack if you're going quarterback to start it off. So um, two of the sneakier stacks that I'm going to be looking to, we touched on it a little bit, Kansas. Uh, Houston should be able to score on these guys. Uh, if you want to go Clayton Tune and Nathaniel Dell, it's totally fine in my book. Uh, I will probably have a little bit of them just because I can't avoid that uh, <laughs> that situation. Uh, two weeks into the season, might as well make it three and see if it pops. But I think Jalen Daniels, the quarterback for Kansas, is in play at 6,500. Um, I think he's a good bring back, and you can play him kind of by himself and play him naked there. Um, is a really solid bring back, a solid price, and a guy who should be playing from behind and chasing. I like that situation for him. And then South Alabama, these guys are cheap. And the one thing I'll say, again, they went to CMU and smoked them last weekend. I think these guys are pretty dynamic, and I don't think they're going to be intimidated by UCLA. Um, I think this is just a really interesting, sneaky spot. I could be totally wrong. UCLA could boat race, boat race these guys 70 to 10, but I don't think that's going to be the case. I just think Carter Bradley at 6,100 is a good quarterback. He's He can run. He can, um, he, he's just dynamic across the field. You've got LaDamian Webb at 5,800 at running back. And then there are two receivers, Jalen Wayne at 55 and Colin Lacey at 4,100. If you're going to go UCLA, you know, this is a game, in my opinion, that I think we could see pop off a little bit here. Um, even their projected total right now is like 24, 25 points, which is not bad. Um, and if they do get hot, and like I said, they do come out and, push the pace a little bit. This game has some juice behind it. Uh, so I think that's a sneaky stack, uh, in my opinion, South Alabama, if you want to get a little bit different this weekend. Moving on to running backs, Mohab and Ibrahim. Look, we talked about it before. Your only concern about Ibrahim is they're up 28 to nothing in the first quarter over Colorado. I mean, they're that bad guys. So I think you're pretty safe here, but 9,400 is a lot uh, to risk and blow out potential. And I just don't think they need him here. So you could see him hit semi-value, you know, 100 yards and two touchdowns in the first quarter and they pull him. So still a good game, but at 9,400, I don't know. Personally, I'm looking for ceiling. 
Um, and that's why, you know, Sean Tucker is my number one running back on the slate this week. Um, I just think that game's going to be more competitive. They're going to need four quarters out of Sean Tucker and the running game, the passing game. He's going to have to do it all along with Garrett Schrader. So Sean Tucker for $500 less, in my opinion, is a better play. But I don't mind if you go to Ibrahim uh, at all, if you can get there. Kenny McIntosh at 6,700 for Georgia. Look, they are in a split backfield there, no doubt about it. But Kenny McIntosh has been the guy who's catching balls for Georgia. Uh, so it's obviously dramatically increased his points per game so far. Um, we'll see. I mean, this game's on the road. South Carolina is going to be absolutely bonkers. The crowd's going to do everything they can to Willem, you know, to keep it close. The way college football is going, it would not absolutely shock me. But I think Georgia right now has shown they're the most dominant team in the country. Let's see what South Carolina can bring to the table. So I think you're taking a little bit of a dart throw with Kenny McIntosh. But if South Carolina can keep this semi-close, you've got possibly a diamond here at 6,700. Zach Evans from Mississippi. I talked about him before. Georgia Tech should put up a a little bit more of a fight here uh, than their first two opponents at 6,500. Again, I've made no bones about it. I think Zach Evans is the best or one of the best, probably top three running backs in the country right there with Bijan Robinson and a few others. I don't know what DraftKings is doing with this pricing at 6,500. Uh, I'm going to have him in a whole lot of lineups on Saturday. If Georgia Tech can, again, not get blown out here, Zach Evans should get a ton of run and he should do some serious damage here uh, on, on Saturday. Uh, Charbonnet for UCLA at 6,300, same deal. I think he's a very good sneaky play, uh, at 6,300. He's a great play. He should be up there in the sevens at least. Um, Anthony Grant for Nebraska. Again, Oklahoma. We don't know what we're going to see out of Nebraska. Anthony Grant has been like the one bright spot for that offense. New coach though, it's still the same play caller, obviously. So we should see similar with him, but I think 6,200 Anthony Grant's totally fine to play. Sean Shivers uh, is one of the Indiana pieces I have some interest in bringing it back uh, in that game that we talked about uh, where Indiana is playing. Why can't I find it here? Western Kentucky. Uh, so Sean Shivers at 6,100, I think is a real, you know, is a good play. Uh, he's been really good for the Hoosiers to start the year. Tank Bigsby. Uh, so this is the interesting one. In my opinion, this is Auburn's path to winning this game versus Penn State. Uh, this is going to be the key to the whole game, in my opinion. Tank Auburn needs to ride Tank Bigsby to win. Uh, Penn State needs to shut Tank Bigsby down to win. So, in my opinion, it's the most important matchup of the game. Penn State's going to try to throw what they can at him, uh, but he's a damn good player. At 5,600, I'm definitely going to have some, some shares of him. Um, because if he pops off, you know, we've seen upside from him go, you know, three, four, five, six X. Uh, so he's got that upside. I don't think he'll get up to five, six X here versus Penn state. Who's a good football team, but, um, I just think it's going to be, it's going to happen on the ground here. Um, I like him like this, that it's at home. Uh, I'll ride the tank this weekend at 5,600 is just too cheap. Devin Neal at 5,400 for Kansas. I've talked about that matchup a few uh, times already. I have a little bit of interest there. Penn State, so I called it the first week. I was wrong. I didn't play in week two. Nick Singleton went ballistic last week on 10 touches um, for the same reasons I talked about week one, which pissed me off because I just had the weeks wrong. But this kid has absolute home run hitting ability. 
I talked about it that I think it's going to be like a Travion Henderson situation with Ohio State last year. This kid is going to, the cream's going to rise to the top uh, sooner rather than later. I don't know how long Penn State's going to hold on to this like three running back rotation, but it should start to sway sway pretty soon because we saw what this kid can do. He's got major home run hitting ability. Um, I'm going to have a little bit of Nick Singleton every week going forward. Uh, he's just too good. Um, and I should have stuck with my gut after week one. I knew what he was, uh, but I was worried and I got off of it because of that three band rotation. But again, I think if he gets the hot hand, this is a huge game for Penn State. I think Franklin is smart enough that if Singleton's feeling it, he will get him more involved and just ride it. So I'm going to roll the dice here a little bit and hope that Singleton turns into a little bit more of that bell cow for them. Um, 4,500, I think this is quite the dart throw. The only piece of that game I have some interest in is Jaden Ott. He was the running back from Cal. Uh, I mean, I don't think Cal's very good, but we just saw Marshall put Notre Dame in a phone booth and absolutely tip it over. So if Cal can run the ball on him, I mean, who knows what we're going to see out of Notre Dame on Saturday. I would have thought they were going to come out pissed off after the Ohio State game, but that didn't happen. So at 4,500, I think he could do worse. Um, and then the other guy, the last guy in my player pool at the running back position as of now, Charles McClellan for Cincinnati. He's 3,700. He is in a rotation in that backfield, but he is the main guy. Um, he seems to get the most touches both running and receiving. He's the most consistent. He's had a good first two games and been heavily involved in both, uh, which I like. One was a competitive game. One was a blowout. So showing he's kind of matchup proof here um, at 3,700. I think he's going to get some run. And I think he's someone that you should get into some of your lineups. Uh, one off receivers talked about it. Uh, both Malik health and Jonathan Mingo from Mississippi, 7,300, 6,200. We'll definitely have some shares of those guys. DJ Matthews for Indiana is 59. Will Shepard for Vanderbilt, 5,500. Cam Camper for Indiana at 4,800. And Michael Trick another Ole Miss cat at 3,400. So that's kind of what I'm thinking for this morning slate so far. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, you saw, I believe it was Friday night, I dropped some more plays uh, on my feed of guys that I did like and I had some interest in. So definitely be sure to go follow me there um, if you are on Twitter. And you can see it there. I'm the second name, Vinny Levine 29 on Twitter. Definitely give me a follow or our Red Zone DFS account. Uh, which is usually popping off and, and um, reposting a lot of stuff that I am. So as we get closer to kick, I will be dropping more info. Keep an eye, obviously, on injuries or late scratches or anything like that. Let's make sure we're monitoring that BYU situation. And good luck this week. And until next time.